Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter at Providence and on Facebook under Providence Health System. Use the hashtag Talk with the Doc, that's hashtag Talk with the Doc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Hello and welcome to our broadcast. I'm your host, Brett Barrow, founder and CEO of HerFeed. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for informational purposes only. For medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare professional. Joining me today is Travis Green, who is a physician assistant and lead provider at Providence. Hi, Travis. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So before we get started, uh, could you tell us a little bit what your, about what your role is here at Providence? Absolutely, no problem. So again, my name is Travis Green. I'm a physician assistant, also called PA, if you've heard of that. Um, my role is to diagnose, treat, evaluate, and care for patients from ages of infancy all the way up to more maturity and wisdom is what I prefer to say. <laughs> Additionally, um, I have the wonderful privilege of being a lead clinician or a lead provider so I get to support and assure quality of care amongst our clinics down here. I'm based in Southern California, and I get to work with our clinicians to help make them feel more appropriate and making sure that we're giving proper uh, care to our patients. Sounds like you have a lot on your plate. So what kind of things would a person go to express care for? Well, thank you. I appreciate that question. Uh, it's a wonderful question because Express Care is a service that really is open to anyone. So whoever may need medical service at whatever time is our goal. We really are an on-demand service. So meaning same-day visits, on-demand. So our commitment is to be as available to our communities as possible, to be open access to care uh, at lots of different locations. So we're committed to provide care at the right time for you, basically, and do what is right for the patient at the time that you need it. So a lot of things that we do treat are colds, sore throats, urinary tract infections, sprains, injuries, because you know, those happen at inopportune times. We don't always get to schedule those types of events in our lives. We have clinics. Yeah, <laughs> we have clinics that are located all over in retail settings, inside of Walgreens. And then additionally, we have a virtual platform and our express care clinics are found within a five state range. So it's a very broad area. So there's always care yeah. uh, when you need it. Um, so what's, you know, one topic that's been very sort of top of mind the last year plus has been COVID. So does express care offer COVID testing? That is a wonderful question to be concise and precise. The answer is absolutely yes, we do. In our clinics, we can see you and do COVID testing. And then on the virtual platform as there as well, we can help you with your decision on how and when to get tested. So should a person always get a COVID test if they think they may, be ex have, may have been exposed? Uh, another wonderful question. I would say that that is uh, a best decision that is done between you and a board certified clinician, which is another benefit of having our clinics everywhere and also the virtual process, because there are a lot of factors that are involved with that. There are a lot of different variables. Like when you were exposed, were you wearing a mask? Was the other person wearing a mask? How close were you? Were they a confirmed positive? 
All of these are essential questions that should be asked in order to really divide, devise a plan on how and when to test. That makes sense. Well, okay, not to sound like I'm totally dumb, but is there a difference between COVID and the flu? Well, that's, and, yeah. It seems very similar. That's another like really wonderful question as well, because there really is a huge overlap between the two. It's difficult to tell. Um, generally speaking, both of those illnesses are from your breathing airway, from your respiratory tract, and they can be transmitted very easily. Truly the best option to discern between which infection you might have would be with testing. And fortunately within our clinics, we do have capabilities to test for COVID as well as influenza. And some of those tests could be rapid tests. So you could get your answer quite quickly and they are fairly accurate. So we do offer both. Now, to answer your question a little bit more specifically, there are classic COVID-like symptoms. First and foremost is what you've probably heard on the news is the loss of sense of taste or smell. That is what we call in medicine a classic presentation. But that, that, that does not mean if you don't have that, you don't have COVID, or if you have that, you do have COVID. So again, I wanna reiterate the importance of being evaluated by a clinician. We offer our virtual platform where you can be evaluated at the comfort of your own home, or you can go to one of our many locations that are conveniently located and get evaluated there, get tested to really discern the difference. And another good reminder would be I would advocate that you get vaccinated against both. Good idea. Are there medical treatments though for COVID? So uh, a few things that I wanna emphasize with that. So there are uh, about a five step plan of what I would say that you wanna take care of yourself with COVID, um, whether you wanna run its course or not. So the first and for for foremost pr premier thing that I would ask that you do is stay home. Make sure that you stay home. Most of COVID type infections will resolve on their own. They're mild cases, they recover at home. And the emphasis is don't go travel, don't go vacation, don't go to the grocery store because you could be spreading that infection to other people that might be more vulnerable and have a more severe case. The second point that I would say is seek medical care if you are having severe symptoms, chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, severe fever, headache, nausea, vomiting, those types of symptoms could be indicative of a more severe case of COVID. And I would advocate that you would be seen for that. The third thing that I would say is stay in really close contact with your primary care provider or a clinician like one of the ones that we have within Express Care. You can reach out to us through the virtual platform or come to one of our locations. The fourth, the fourth thing is I really wanna emphasize that you rest, you get hydration, you get plenty of sleep, you decrease your stress and consider supplementing with vitamin D, especially if you're vitamin D deficient as that can really help boost your immune system. Lastly, the fifth thing in terms of treatment for COVID, there are cases and there are treatments available for the non-hospitalized patients that may be at higher risk for severe COVID-like symptoms. So 
you can meet with an express care virtual provider and they can go over your specific case and see if you qualify with the criteria to get the outpatient type treatments that are done at some of our centers. This is region specific. It's not provided everywhere and you do need to meet certain criteria. So I hope that answers your question in regards to medical treatments for COVID. That was very thorough and I, I appreciate that very much. But you know, one more question is how long do these symptoms really last? It's another wonderful question. So although for a vast majority of the population, uh, your symptoms don't tend to last more than a week, it is still recommended that you self-isolate for 10 days since the onset of symptoms. So I would advocate that you keep track of when your symptoms started and then count every day, 24 hours until 10 days after that occurred. Um, that's imperative. Uh, the CDC specifically recommends that you don't leave quarantine until that time point. And in addition, you should be 24 hours free of a fever without the use of any of the fever reducing medications. So that would be Tylenol, ibuprofen, aspirin, um, Aleve is another one that you can purchase over the counter and that your initial symptoms have improved. So if you're having worsening of symptoms at all, I would strongly advise to stay in quarantine for that time frame. And, you know, keep in contact with your primary care physician. That's imperative, very important. Uh, you kind of touched upon this, but are there other ways to help lessen its duration? Because I've heard and seen a number of things online and, you know, some of these things sound absolutely crazy and then others seem to make more sense. But coming from an expert, I'd much rather take an expert's advice than somebody just randomly saying something on the internet. So any advice there? That is extremely sweet of you. Yes, to answer your question, yes. Lessening the duration, the number one tried and true evidence-based method for doing that is to receive your COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Providence has done extensive amounts of research within the organization that has shown that it's extremely difficult to have severe complications uh, from COVID-19 if you have had the vaccine prior to getting the infection. It reduces the likelihood of you going to the hospital. It exponentially reduces the probability of having a fatality or death because of COVID-19. And it does reduce the severity of the disease in general if you were vaccinated prior to getting the infection. Um, there are some other treatments that help reduce the severity of the infection. And I touched on that a little bit. So they are at the infusion centers for what's called monoclonal antibodies, if you've heard of that. Again, there are some certain criteria and needs in order to qualify to get that outpatient, non-hospitalized type treatment. And feel free to log on to our virtual platform, discuss your case with one of our virtual providers to see if you qualify for that. Lastly, what I would say in terms of lessening the duration of COVID, uh, if you do get the infection would be to, again, get plenty of rest, get plenty of hydration, get plenty of sleep. If you need a letter for work or a note for work, you know, please contact one of our providers and decrease the stress as much as you can and supplement with vitamin D. So 
let's say you find out that you have COVID. Is there anything, and, and now that we can do deliveries on Amazon and you know things very quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, are there any types of things that you should have at home um, on hand if you're caring for yourself? Uh, again, another wonderful question because I would strongly consider that you look on Amazon and see if you can purchase what's called a pulse oximeter. It's a little clamp device that goes on your finger and it will tell you what percentage of oxygen that you have. And ideally we want to have an oxygen percentage of 94 or more. That's very important. And so you can go on Amazon. They're very inexpensive. You can purchase one and have them delivered to your house. In addition to that, you can consider buying yourself a thermometer so that you can monitor your temperature at home. I would strongly advocate that you purchase masks and wear masks. There is a lot of data that demonstrates that that prevents the spreading of disease. Plenty of cleaning supplies. So rubbing alcohol, hand sanitizer, soap, um, whatever Clorox wipes brand that you want to use, mm -hmm. consider having food delivered to your house and having water or having a neighbor bring that to you so that you're not needing to go out and get those types of supplies. I would also advocate that you have your phone with you. I say that because we want to separate ourselves physically from other people so we're not spreading the disease, but I don't want you to separate yourself emotionally or spiritually from the people that you love. You can do FaceTime, you can do Zoom, you can do a whole other modalities to keep in contact with your loved ones and make sure that your spirits are up. That will help your immune system as well. And lastly, additionally, please follow the instructions from the provider that you see and your primary care physician. If you have any changes in your symptoms, please stay in contact. That's some incredible advice. I, I think the idea of staying connected is actually huge. And, you know, it, even in moments when you just have a cold or something, it's nice to just know that people care, that you're loved, especially when you don't feel good, to just have that little reminder. But what if you're in a position to take care of someone out, like outside of yourself? If you're, you know, your spouse, your partner gets COVID or you've got a, um, you know, a, a parent living with you or something, you know, how can you stay safe and what can you do to help take care of others? Well, I can actually speak to this personally. Um, and it is essential and imperative that you are still in contact with them emotionally and spiritually with FaceTime or Zoom or whatever option that you want to connect with them that way. But it is very important that we separate physically in order to avoid the transmission of, dis transmission of disease. So I would say some important things is that learn what to do when symptoms are really severe. So let's talk about some of those red flag warning signs of chest pain, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, severe, severe, severe headache or fatigue. Those are things that I want everybody to have just at the tip of their tongue, ready to know, because that's when you need to go to an emergency room. And again, you can always reach out through Express Care on the virtual platform and get advice on, you know, these are the symptoms I'm having and should I go to the emergency room? We are happy to attend to you in that fashion. But if you are experiencing some very, or your loved one is experiencing some very severe warning signs like that, I would advocate that you would consider taking them to the emergency room promptly. 
We want to limit contact with that individual that might be sick. So they might need to be in a completely separate room of the house. If you have the means to do that, I would strongly advise that making sure that they have their own bathroom that you're able to drop off supplies to them. And then um, again, wearing masks is very important. Even in the house, if you are confirmed COVID positive, it can reduce the transmission of disease and practicing very good hygiene, washing your hands frequently, using hand sanitizer, frequently washing the high contact surfaces. All of those things are things that you can do for you and your loved one if someone might be confirmed or is confirmed with COVID positive at home. I think that's really important advice for everybody to hear because I know that there's been a lot of questions about how to take care of someone else, especially in your household, because we are, most of us are staying at home, which is a very different world than we lived in a few years ago. But before I continue asking some of the questions that I have, we actually got a question from one of our viewers on LinkedIn, which is, what about natural immunity? Is it effective in reducing future COVID exposure? Wonderful question. So with natural immunity, your body has produced antibodies that are effective in neutralizing and reducing the severity of infection. So yes, there is a component of natural immunity that will help you combat if you are exposed to a COVID positive individual, combat the infection. So there is a possibility that you might not have symptoms. Um, we also do know that the vaccine is exceptionally effective and safe. And even if you have had natural immunity from a prior infection, um, if you do wait the 30 days and then receive your vaccine, you additionally boost your immune system to be able to attack an infection if you are exposed. Um, so how long do you recommend a person remains quarantined if they have COVID? Yes, wonderful question. So. Um, a very concise and to the point answer would be 10 days from the onset of symptoms. It is kind of a checklist though. So that's the first checklist. The second is that it's been 24 hours after you've had a fever that you don't have a fever. So it's been 24 hours and you're not taking any of the medications that reduce your fever. Okay. So again, Tylenol, aspirin, ibuprofen, and you don't have a fever, okay, great. So that's the second checkpoint. And then the third is that if you had any original COVID symptoms, they need to be improving. So after that 10 day mark, if you have those three check marks, then you can remove yourself from quarantine. We actually have another question from the audience. And that is, if you've had COVID, do your natural antibodies help reduce the impact of a future infection? And then the other part of this question is, is it as effective or more effective versus getting the vaccine? So uh, that is a wonderful question for uh, complete disclosure. I am not an immunologist. From my understanding though, is that yes, the natural immunity does produce antibodies. Now there are variants to COVID-19 of which you may have not been exposed to prior and uh, similar to other infections, if you get infected, you can still get sick after. It is still strongly advised that um, after you've been infected with COVID-19, even if you've been infected in the past, that you do receive the vaccine because evidence-based medicine shows that it does reduce the severity of any future infection. 
And then sort of, I guess, on that note a little bit is at what point do COVID symptoms warrant, you know, perhaps that you can't take care of yourself any longer and you need to get further medical uh, assistance or help? That's a wonderful question. I want to really emphasize these symptoms and I want everybody to really get it into their head that if they notice that they are experiencing any chest pain, any shortness of breath, any severe difficulty breathing, if their oxygen level is going below 94%, if they have a fever that's just not going away, if they have a severe headache, if they have any changes in their vision, missing parts of their vision, blurry vision, double vision, numbness or tingling in their face, in their arms, those are all very severe symptoms that need to be promptly evaluated in the emergency room. And I would strongly advocate that you would go. If you have any questions in regards to your symptoms, I would advise you to log on to our virtual platform and discuss it with a board certified clinician who could help you and assist you in your in your medical decision making. So we got another question from the audience. Uh, people are really enjoying this conversation today. If uh, I have received a COVID vaccine series, would I subsequently test positive for antibodies? Uh, wonderful question. So the purpose of a vaccine is to prime your immune system so that you produce the antibodies necessary in order to combat and fight off a disease. So is a, is a, the, the other question that you would have with that would be, are all you know, vaccines going to do that? Not all vaccines are 100%. Not everybody responds to a vaccine as the way that they should. However, from recent data and studies that have been shown, the specific COVID-19 vaccine performed by Pfizer and by Moderna has been shown to be extremely effective in causing that immune response so that your body is ready and primed in order to fight an infection. So if I can answer your question more concisely, I would say I would hope that after you've received your full course of the vaccine, that your body would demonstrate that you have the antibodies to fight COVID. There is a slight percentage in some people, usually it's less than about 5% of the population that may not have that response. So they have those antibodies, but a vast majority by the studies that have been done have shown that a vast majority of people will produce the antibodies ne necessary in order to fight COVID-19. I hope that answers your question. I think that was a great answer. Uh, I have a question. Um, you know, it, we've talked about in terms of like how long you need to quarantine, but let's say you get COVID. Are you supposed to go back at the end when you are when you don't have symptoms showing and get another COVID test? Is that what the ideal person would do? Or do you just go off of, you know, how you're feeling and these and the checklist? That is an amazing question. That is one that we're asked all the time. I will give you a definitive answer right now. The answer is no, you do, need not, you do not need to go back and repeat testing, meaning you don't have to go get yourself tested before you can do anything else. Really, the guidance that has been put forth from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, is that you do quarantine yourself for those 10 days. And as long as you're meeting those checklists that I told you about, that it's been 10 days, that you don't have a fever for 24 hours, uh, without any of those medications we talked about, and that all of your original symptoms have been improving or resolving. If you meet those three checklists, no need 
to repeat tests, you can go back to work or whatever as usual. Thanks for clarifying that. I've always been curious about that one. We also got another question from the audience, and that is, going forward, could we expect to have a yearly COVID booster? <laughs> that is a hot topic, honestly. <laughs> and I don't have a good answer for you, unfortunately. I wish I did. Sometimes you just have to say, I don't know. And this is a case where I don't know. It's possible, like the flu, that this will be something that will be with us for quite a long time. We don't know yet. Uh, good thing, though, is that from a lot of the recent research that's done, it's showing that a lot of people are maintaining that immunity that they received from the natural infection as well as the vaccine. So honestly, to answer your question, I say fingers crossed that we don't have to do this every single year. So I've pretty much gone through most of our questions, but I have one more question that I'm just dying to ask, which is something we kind of talked about a teeny bit before, and that's kind of the breakthrough uh, COVID cases. Um, you know, I know that there's been, there, there's sometimes some discrepancy upon, you know, if you've gotten the vaccine, can you get COVID? And if you, why, if you got the vaccine, did you get COVID? Do you have anything to say about that? Especially since I know that we're both very pro-vaccine. Yes, um, absolutely. So to answer your question, yes, it's still possible to get sick if you had the full course of the vaccine. That's not necessarily the purpose of the vaccine. The vaccine isn't to prevent you completely from getting sick. What its intended use is, is to lessen the severity of your infection and prevent you from having to go to the hospital where you could potentially be put on a ventilator machine or unfortunately even pass away. And the vaccine is extremely effective at doing that. The possibilities of having severe long-term problems from COVID are so minimal and pale in comparison to any of the side effects that you could potentially get from the vaccine. So I strongly advocate that people do uh, meet with their primary care physician, uh, get all of your questions answered. Uh, we're all here to answer those for you and clarify any doubts, especially if you do have some vaccine hesitancy, please meet with your primary care physician and discuss those about your own individual case and situation. Thank you so much for answering that because I think it's so important that people hear this from someone, um, you know, someone that has expertise about all of this. Um, but we are almost out of time. And so I just wanted to see if there was anything else that you want people to know about COVID or even just the healthcare industry or healthcare in general? Sure. Um, well, thank you for the, for the open-ended question. And I think that the most important thing that I would emphasize is that of everything that we have now and all the data that we have, evidence has shown that the vaccine really is the single most effective way to prevent COVID, prevent infection, prevent severe complications from that. So please, that would be my number one thing that I'd want to emphasize is please sit down with your primary care doctor and discuss your individual case and discuss the possibility of you going and getting that vaccine. Please maintain all of the other public health measures that have been proven to be beneficial. So lots of hand hygiene, cleaning surfaces in your home, uh, practicing physical distancing when needed, in addition to that, wearing masks in public, reducing those 
particles that are leaving your mouth, those water droplets, that's really the majority of how this virus is transmitted is in those little water droplets. So if we wear a mask, we're able to block that. And then be very diligent, please, because we are entering what potentially could be one of the worst cold and flu and COVID now seasons. And we really want everybody to have a long and happy and pleasant life. So please be diligent. And um, if you need anything, please log on to our website and discuss it with one of our board certified clinicians. Thank you so much, Travis. It's been a joy talking to you today. And thank you to everybody for uh, listening and especially for sending in your questions. There are some great questions from the audience and we really appreciate that. To learn more about our initiatives, programs and services, or if you're looking for medical care, please visit providence.org and make sure to follow us on social media at Providence Health system for LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and under Providence on Twitter. If you'd like to follow HerFeed, please visit HerFeed.com or follow at the HerFeed on Instagram. Thank you again for joining us today, and we will see you soon. Bye.